Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Now, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. And welcome to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. I'm your pilot, Steve Zotke, in the co-pilot seat. It is playing the role of Roger Murdoch. It is Mayor Mitch. Yes, Welcome sir. Welcome to the show, sir. Thanks for having me. I, uh, it's like old times. It is. It is. You're 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 on your way to greatness, remember. <laughs> With this show, well, it's just a, a springboard to greatness. Oh, yeah. You look at the stars of uh, 105.7 FM, the fan. They've all been here. Right. Matt Regatius. Yeah. Obviously, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Yep. Jeff Orlowski is just doing great things these the days. Polish pipe bomb, and yep. we'll be hearing from him in the next segment here. And uh, let's see, Bart Winkler. Bart's done it before, yeah. Rami. <laughs> that must have been years ago. Yeah, it was. Back uh, when we had horses. Would come to work on a horse. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it is springboard. Walk, walk so. to and from the studio both ways, barefoot. Yep, uphill. So, did you see any of the the Daytona 500? A little bit. You did. I was I, I was traveling even during Anthony Mandela, a, a someone who says he's not a race fan, never was watching it. We were tweeting back and forth. I had to I had to travel during um, the race. Uh-huh. I was back home last weekend. So Up north. Correct. Um, but yeah, I I was able to see a little bit of the beginning. Um, so, what from a not from a non racing fan? What's your what what's your opinion? Because I always like to hear a sports fan's view of NASCAR, who's not necessarily has emotional ties to it. Yeah, I mean it's what, it's, what, what, it's are you, fun. what, what do you hear when when you're out uh, with your buddies and somebody mentions, "Oh, I heard Dale Earnhardt." Everybody goes, "Yeah, okay, whatever." Well, Move I, just, on, I think or... that like NASCAR right now lacks stars, uh-huh. and I think that's part of the issue right now, especially with Earnhardt Jr. Now he's retired, right? All right, so. You're looking for that next line of. He's of interviewing Bob Sledders now. Really? Yeah. So, yeah, I think uh, you know, Bubba Wallace made his debut, mm-hmm. right? His well, his, not his debut, but but yeah, his he was part part time or something, right? Before. And now he's running full time for Richard Petty and uh, finished second. Yeah, yeah, finished second. So I mean, kind of controversial. He, and he's a younger but we'll guy. We'll talk about that later. Yep. He's what twenty four. He's, he's, he's there's a lot of youth in the NASCAR. ultimate. He's the demographic stream. Right. So I, I think you know they lack a little bit of star power right now, um, but it's definitely fun to watch guys drive really fast. Right. You know, even though I don't really have an interest, I, I think that's for me maybe what would help me get into NASCAR 
is finding somebody to, to clean is, to. Is the, you know, when you hear like, like even Matt Kenseth isn't around anymore. Because I've always been curious because I've, I've always mentioned like hockey in the show. I've, I've never been a big hockey fan, mm -hmm. but I've never hated it. Right. It's just a, a, a thing where I, I love my racing and, the, and then football. And then basketball and baseball and, and I'm sorry, hockey. I just I don't have that. You know, I'm right. married. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, well, well, hockey. I, right. I think hockey. It's more of one of the. And maybe this is true in NASCAR too. You really get an appreciation when you attend. You right. attend the event. Yes, that's true. It's one thing to watch it on TV. It's another, and you guys have always told me, listen to a NASCAR event on the radio, and that's when they're really bopping around mm -hmm. pit to pit or whatever, and and. Just constant action, whereas the TV isn't necessarily as right. intense. Well, they're you also know. hyping that up a little bit too, though. That's yeah. part of the, the the game plan with radio. But I've always I've always thought that for a sports fan, if they hear there's issues a bit with the sport, people tend to go, "Ooh, ooh, I don't know," because you had that with hockey about ten years ago. Like, oh, there's some issues with hockey. I don't Lockouts, know. stuff like, like that. Right. And same thing with baseball. After the strike yep. in 94, I don't – and IndyCar has been going through that for the last 20 years with, with issues on and off, and now they're finally getting some momentum. But it seems like if there's an issue with the sport, it's like like a cancer where it, they're not going to draw any new members because people are like, oh, I don't know about that. I've heard things. Whereas like MMA now, that's the cool thing. Yeah, boxing for so long, controversy. Don King, it's crooked. You know, you'd watch a boxing match. Player, you know, player X would was the winner. Well, and, 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 you, and then but the the judges would pick the other guy. You're like, why am I? Well, we, why did I waste two hours? And that's every Floyd you know, Floyd Mayweather fight too. Yeah. Is well, they're everybody's getting paid. They're not going to right. Not gonna so try. boxing is really has an issue, and 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 they don't have. They're not getting the new fans, and MMA is reaping the reward. Yep. So you know, with, with NAS, I'm always kind of curious because NASCAR was, oh, everybody loved it in, in the '90s. Coming through the '90s, it was like oh, fantastic. Yeah. Well, and you then, had you had again, you had so many stars then. Yeah. Right. I mean, you had but, your Jeff Gordon's, your Bill, Bill Elliott's. But Jeff Gordon wasn't always a star. He was a coming star. Yeah. But you also had guys retiring. You had Richard Petty retired. Bobby Allison had retired. Buddy Baker. Darrell Waltrip was winding down. So they were able to replace those stars. So that's why I'm kind of right. Kind of curious what what uh, a non a sports fan's view of NASCAR is now. Let's. I mean, let, let's put it this way. Will I see who won the Daytona 500? Will I try to watch some of it? Probably. Mm -hmm. It's the kickoff of the season. But as, as a non-NASCAR fan, right. I'm probably not going to watch it. Yeah, because <laughs> there's 36 races, and you know, yeah. it's even for a NASCAR fan, that's it, I mean, the that's, that's a grind. Grueling. It that is. is a grind. I mean, that's you know, that's every week. You know, you're racing. Plus, it's not like these guys show up at you know 9 a.m. Sunday and just hop on the track. They're doing all kinds of qualifying races mm -hmm. and practice. You know, test runs. I mean, those guys are. It's it's every day of the See, week. Golf has a very similar schedule. They do. But do, golfers actually. don't golf at every tournament. Right. And you're getting a real high. The problem, the, the, the whispers, you know, the insiders, uh, you always hear about is is the picker guys. They're, they get burned out. They don't want to travel anymore. You know what? Let me just work in the cars at the shop. Send the kids out. Because after 10, 12 years or even less, they're like, hey, yeah. I, I can't be on the road. Because if you're, if you're this is your schedule. Yeah, it's it's nuts. Yeah, you you, you basically your your off day you is might, like a Tuesday. Yeah, 
if you're lucky. And then Wednesday. Now it depends if you're well, like a media what guy. What do they or, do on Mondays? Do they you're, fix the cars up and stuff? Yeah, you got to. And there's debriefings and whatnot. And it depends if you're a pit crew guy or a media guy. If you're the PR guy, if you're the driver. Yeah. You know, obviously the drivers. See, so you, you, you probably get Tuesday off. Wednesday's in your travel day, probably. Right. Well, and they try with some of these, with a lot of the teams, they try and get them home Sunday night. Okay. So, like the race tomorrow, they moved up actually, and I'll talk about that in a second here. Yeah, I saw that. But they, uh, they try, they want those guys trying to be home by like, especially for Atlanta, because it's not that far from everybody. Kind of lives in the Charlotte area. Yeah, they can get home pretty quick. They'll be home by Sunday night by seven o'clock, eight o'clock. You know, Atlanta. That's probably what an hour flight. Yeah, maybe? if that. Yeah. You know, because it's funny if you if you see the there's there's a race after the race, the race after the race is between the pit crew guys and that. Who can tear down their pit the quickest <laughs> and get their hauler out the back of and the just pit? Just get the gate. heck out of town. Exactly. That's the that's the that's other the real race. race. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's true. You'll see these guys and they'll be kind of you know you know snarking at each other and say ah we're we're ahead of you and it 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 is actually a race. It's it's a lot of fun. I tell you what, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll be talking to the Polish pipe bomb, Jeff Orlowski. We'll kind of go through the uh, Daytona 500 and some of the controversy around it and also uh, preview the Atlanta race. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove on 105.7 FM, The Fan. the final inspection show i'm steve zaki and joining us on the great midwest bank hotline it is the polish pipe bomb jeff orlowski welcome to the show jeff hey gentlemen how are you doing pretty good sir how about you oh living the dream tell me you're wearing pants <laughs> yeah just left a five-year-old gymnastics class um and then on the way to seven-year-old soccer game so living the dream you got it, brother. The bur- the world's best dad right there. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. So you're not smoking inside the gymnasium, are you? No, no, right outside the door. Yeah, okay. <laughs> are they going to let you back in? <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, of course they will. You're not you're not wearing any like Slayer t-shirt or anything, are you? No, today is King Diamond. Okay. okay. Is there, there's, no, there's no profanities on it, hopefully. No, no. Okay, good, good. No. It's black, though, right? Of course. Okay. I mean, he's at a gymnastics uh, class, so. <laughs> you got to soften your image <laughs> yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I should have worn my Twisted Sisters shirt, but I, I went with King Diamond today. <laughs> now, question. Do you have any white T-shirts? I do not. Uh, I do. I have undershirts on those rare times. I actually have to For like wear a summer. shirt that has buttons on it. But, um but that doesn't happen often, so huh. I would have to scrape the dust off them to uh, to put those on. How many shirts with buttons do you have? Four. 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 No, that does. That's not. That's not counting like polo shirts, is it? No, I don't have any of those. You don't. You do not own a polo shirt. Interesting. No. This is interesting. I think this is more interesting than the racing. What is in? 
Jeff Orlowski's closet. Yeah, there's very few things that have collars. So, do you have I'm, a sport I'm, coat? I do. I you, do. Wow, it's black though, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> does, does it have stitching on it, like rhinestones or anything? Uh, no, no. Okay. It, is, uh, it is just plain black. It might have a couple stripes. I, I don't know. I haven't worn that thing. You know, does it fit for, yet? But, uh, it did the last time somebody died. So, uh, but does that back in the nineties or? No, nah, it was about five years, six years ago. Oh, it so doesn't probably, fit anymore. Yeah, it probably doesn't fit. Yeah. How about for? Of, how about shoes? Shoes, I've got one. I got four pairs if you count my sandals. If you don't count the sandals, then I got three. Okay, let's. Now this is a long shot, but let's say. Uh, Tim Allen can't do it. Gary Ellison can't do it. Lori Butler can't show up and he's called everybody and he has you on his TV show, Dennis Krause. <laughs> what are you going to wear? Uh, one of the four button down shirts. Okay. And the one pair of nice shoes I have. Okay. Or hopefully. And pants, hopefully. The waist up so I can wear the shorts. <laughs> but, cause I'm sure if my sport coat doesn't fit, my pants wouldn't either. All right, let's cut to the chase. Was yeah. it a dirty move? No. You know, when it happened, I was I was mad, and I sat there and was like, but that's just because I don't like Austin Dillon. Right. So, you know, when I sat down and thought about it, if it was my guy that made the move, if it was anybody else, I would have been like, yeah, that's understandable. But yeah. I, I was definitely rooting hard for Amarola and uh, – you know, he got dumb trucked out of the way, and uh, but I can't blame the, the weasel uh, for doing it. It just it didn't make me happy that he won the race. Right. Same here. Okay, we're on the same the same page that way. I was on Bill Michaels' show, and it I'm, I was kind of dancing around it, but in a way, I, I was I was saying, hey, that that's kind of the rules. I mean, if they're gonna let you, I mean, it, it's kind of like in a let's say a football game, NFL game. Where if if the if the officials are ca- calling a loose game, and you're gonna go up and, and 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 you know mangle the the wide receiver, if the officials aren't gonna call it, you know your coach is gonna want you to do it, and that's kind of like the, my opinion, the deal with Austin Dillon. I mean, he had Absolutely. he had it. If it's gonna come, was he gonna get black flagged? No, yeah. no, you know, they weren't gonna do anything no. to him. And I'll tell you the. You know, a true, a true testament to class. Eric Amarola, his interviews after the race. You know, he wasn't upset. Right. Uh, he sat there. He said all the right things. You know, uh, Kaz Grala could take a good lesson from <laughs> how Eric Amarola handled. Or Denny Hamlin. Or Denny Hamlin uh, in that market. Yeah, Hamlin too, man. He is he petty, petty, petty? Is is he is he doing this on purpose? Does he want to be the heel? Does he want to wear I, the black hat? I don't think he does. You know, I think Kyle Bush, or you know Kyle Bush enjoys being the heel. I don't think Denny Hamlin wants to be, but I think he can't help himself. Yeah, interesting. It's sad. You know, you, you kick him out of the golf league, the basketball league. It's just, it's silly. It's absolutely silly. It really is because trust me, I think a lot of people are they 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 want to see Bubba Wallace now. He's He's one of the most engaging drivers out there. Great smile, engaging with the fans. You know, I mean, yeah, if I have a softball game, I want him out there. 
because he's going to help bring people, you know, pack them into seats. Yeah, Bubba Wallace is going to be the next superstar of NASCAR, and maybe that makes Hamlin nervous that, you know, uh, the spotlight was never really that bright on Denny, but, you know, that he's going to lose some luster in uh, popular driver and the amount of fans because Bubba Wallace is going to take a ton from everybody. Uh, So maybe that's what it is. I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, there's no reason for Hamlin to be upset. Yes, Bubba Wallace, you know, door slammed him on the last lap. But then he, you know, Bubba got off him, and then Denny did the same thing and went yeah, right back on him. Exactly. And, you know, they still finished 2-3, so what's the big deal? Right. That's why I couldn't understand either. I mean, if I'm Denny Hamlin, I'm, I'm, I want to win the thing. And if I, if I finish second or third at this point, and with in in where he's at in his career, it shouldn't matter that much. Yeah, I think it's one of those things like, how dare this rookie exactly sit there and door slam me? I'm the almighty Denny Hamlin, and uh, it's it's not a good look. Exactly. The, you know what else you, isn't a good look? What's that? Steve? Uh, how about Austin Dillon's tattoo? You know, I. It's no big deal. He's got he's got a, a tattoo that nobody's gonna see. Okay, except for his wife. Who, t- who, wait, wait, wait! Thing? Hold on, hold on, Jeff. Is that his wife or is that one of the monster girls? <laughs> uh, who knows? But uh, when your when I, your wife is dressed up like one of the trophy girls, is that? I mean, he's young, and I understand that, but that's I I, I don't know. I'll tell you this, if, if Austin Dillon didn't have a penny, there's no way that girl is going near him. No. So no. he's lucky that he's got he's got a yeah. ton of money. Because being four foot tall with a you know, a grill full of awkward looking teeth and a stupid cowboy hat on, I don't think he's And the waxing the next, waxing eyebrows. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But okay, I'll tell you this. It the Daytona five hundred, obviously it's a Super Bowl of racing, great American race, biggest race in the sport. You win it, which is a dream for basically everybody in NASCAR, is to win the Daytona 500. And you celebrate by putting a tattoo of the trophy on your butt. To me, that is just, it just shows an utter lack of respect. And I just, I think it's awful. Absolutely awful. Would have been better if you would have gotten it as a tramp stamp. Yes, (laughs) because at least it wasn't on his butt. I see your point there. Uh, in a, in, speaking of Bubba Wallace and that, I, I got to give a tip of the hat to Smithfield because Smithfield is, I guess, is sponsoring this, the 43 car for six races this year. Yeah. Yeah, I give them a lot of credit. They, uh, you know, they're they're ponying up. I, I think that they know where the, where the money cart is going to be attached to uh, for the next handful of years, and it's going to be with Bubba. So, well, it's yes, good PR, it's too. Yeah, exactly. It's great PR. It's a good business move. And it's nice to see companies throwing more money into NASCAR. Interesting. Atlanta. Uh, have you seen Have you seen some of the cars? Uh, yeah, I watched uh, practice yesterday uh, when I was home and, uh, saw some of qualifying and everything. So I was, I was concerned by some of the cars out there, especially the, um, I think it's the six car and the 14 car that have the oversized 
logos on there of uh, Haas and Ford and no other no other sponsored decals on it and the other th and then I started to look and I'm looking for associate decals in some of the cars uh, and associate I mean sponsors and those are the, the, the sponsorships that usually go on the quarter panels you know uh -huh. below the primary sponsors or on uh, or on the ru on the hood hood not the hood I'm sorry the trunk and and I, I was shocked by the lack of them. Well, I don't know why you're shocked. There's only 36 cars in the field. The least amount of cars since 1996, I want to say. I think it's longer than I think it's longer than that. Yeah, you know, I read an article as they said it was from the mid 90s, and, uh, but you know, 36 cars in the field. They only had uh, 40 for the 500, so no one went home during the duels or anything like that. Took tons of excitement away. It's, it's crazy with the Xfinity series. There's going to be drivers trying to qualify and being sent home in Xfinity, but the Cup can't even run a forty a forty car event. Sad. It it really is. It, it, it's a, it's kind of a head scratcher, and I was surprised last week with yeah with the cars that they sent home in the Xfinity, because there's such a big gap between Xfinity and Cup with the winnings you know in in the past well part of it is nascar said we didn't want the field fillers we didn't want the starting parkers right. and and we're i mean the starting parkers you could actually make a profit the guy you know phil parsons had a two and then eventually a three-car team with starting parkers that was it was incredible not only in the uh, the old bush series but also the cup series i remember when he was in the Bush series at the time, he was at Milwaukee and he had, somebody was in between jobs, a, a good driver. And me and another fellow, we were on the front straightaway before the race. And we're like, he qualified like seventh. And I'm like, we're like, how good is wow. this car? He goes, can you win with this car? He says, if we, if we really tried, yeah, this is a top five car. And I was wow. shocked. Cause you know, here's a car that was that good, and he's you know the game plan was for him to drive around for about five or six laps and just pull it in, and it was you know I mean, it was just something to at that time he was you know he didn't have a ride per se, and you you know those guys were making decent money. I've I've heard stories where a lot of, some of those guys on the cup side cup side at least they were making twenty thirty grand a race doing that. Yeah, that, that's. I mean, if you do that 10, 15, 20 times in a year when you're quote unquote, you know, unemployed, that, that's not bad work to find. But no, that that's gone either. away. Yeah, you know, it, I think it was NASCAR's ego. Uh, well, you know, we're better than having starting park and all this kind of stuff, and now it's it's come back to bite them yet again. Well, so, when when. I, I think I've told this story before, but those in case who have not heard it, a friend of mine was a spotter. Uh, it was not John Close. And he was working with a truck team. This is back in the late 90s, early 2000s. And he was a gentleman out of uh, Virginia area who was running a truck. And he was one of the first starting parkers. And he was going around bragging about that he was going to get through the full year on one engine. And he was making he was making 
I think about 15 plus or 20 grand a race doing it. He owned a truck himself. So it was a driver owner operator and he was bragging and bragging about it. And, and, and the word was kind of getting out and a couple of the, the fledgling websites at the time had picked up on it and maybe Jay ski. And, uh, he gets a call at his race shop. Uh, there's a plane waiting for you at the airport. So he's like, okay. And he goes to the airport and he flies down to Daytona. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like out of days of thunder. Uh, you know, we don't mind you doing this at this point, but we don't want you talking about it. And if you ever want your car to make it through uh, inspection again, I would just shut your mouth about this. And then he got back on his plane and they flew him back home. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Called into the principal's office, gets yelled at, but everything is fine. So, who's your pick for Atlanta? Is it uh, is it could Brad Keselowski uh, repeat? Is uh, is Chase Elliott going to get his first win? What says you? No, 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 no. I'm going to go with the guy that should have won the race last year and had a uh, a late pit road speeding penalty, which cost him. Give me number four, Kevin Harvick. Ah, I like that pick. Yeah, he had it in the bag last year, totally dominated that race. And like I said, a late pit road screw-up cost him the race and gave it to Big Bad Brad. And, uh, you know, uh, Harvick didn't get his only, I think he only won once last year, and that wasn't until way later in the season. So we'll see. It could be, um, I'm calling for a little redemption for the Harv. I like that pick. That's the way I was leaning, so I'm gonna, I want to pick somebody else. Uh, I think I'll go with Chase Elliott. I'm Gordon. sorry, did you say Greg Alden? Chase, <laughs> Chase <laughs> Elliott. Oh, As Mayor Mitch is frantically writing these down. Yeah. Nice. Well, who's Mayor Mitch going to pick for this one? Yeah, I don't know. Who do you pick? Well, you guys will have to stay tuned for that one. Stay tuned uh, for what? Good tease. Yeah, we'll get that at the end of the show. The end of the show. Speaking of the end, coming up uh, in the next half hour, we will be hearing from Dennis Michelson and Lori Monroe uh, and get their feedback on the Daytona 500 and the upcoming Atlanta race. And in the second hour, a special in-studio visit from Tony DeZino as we talk all things racing in the second hour. Jeff Orlowski, we certainly appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Steve. Always. Always. And now now when your kids do well, do you like scream and do the uh the horns thing with your with your hands or what what happens? Yeah, I'll throw the horns up. I don't scream that much. Uh I don't want to be quote unquote that guy. All right. So if I do see it, you know, half the time I'm outside uh smoking you know, check of the oil in my car. Smoking but, in the boys' uh, room? <laughs> but if I'm in there and I see it, I'll definitely throw the horns, but, uh, you know, clap a little bit, but I'm not a big screamer. All right. Well, thank you as always. And we'll look for you uh, in studio next week. Sounds good. Take care, Steve. Jeff Orlowski, the Polish pipe bomb joining us on the great Midwest hotline. If you're looking for a simple and convenient pre-approval process for your new home construction or renovation loan call, Great Midwest Bank committed to providing uniquely tailored common sense mortgage products since 1935. When we come back, we'll be hearing more about the Daytona 500 and, of course, the tomorrow's Atlanta 500. And just a quick note here, they have moved up the start time because of rain. 
So I believe the start time will be about 12.15 tomorrow on your local Fox affiliate. So make sure to tune in a little bit earlier. And the race hopefully will not get, will be a full race next week. Yeah. This next week. Tomorrow, I should say. That would stink to have a weather delay the second race of the year. Uh, especially, yeah. You don't mind it if they, if they you know, flag it and then call it early maybe as much. But, yeah, we we want to get this thing over with. Mm-hmm. Get it in, get especially it over in with. Especially in week number two. Yep. All right, when we come back, we'll be hearing more on the final inspection show. Inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Make sure to check out GreatLakesDragway.com and uh, get get ready to for the new 2018 season and get your season tickets. Starting to warm up out there already. It I is. Mean, uh, racing geez. will be here sooner than you think. Exactly. Here yeah. in I, don't, the I don't want to jinx it, but I think we're out of the woods and the below zero stuff now. Yeah, usually by there. yeah by late February we yeah. should be unless there's some unusual. snow. We can't rule that out yet. Uh, it could snow all the way to f- May 10th, as I found out once. Probably snow beyond that. No, May 10th is the last day. That's the cutoff? That's the cutoff. It's Mother Nature's cutoff? That's the day, May 10th, 1990, as a fresh-faced EMT and uh, newly uh, newly added to the Hills Corners safety team through Curtis Ambulance. I took the day off. Because the California Racing Association Sprint Car Series was making its first appearance at Hills Corner Speedway. I took the day off and I woke up and it's like, wow, it seems bright out there. And I looked and there's four or five inches of snow. <laughs> In I'm May. like, you got to be kidding. Yep. Yep. And Unbelievable. here. And here it is uh, 28 years later. I'm still stuck in this hellhole. <laughs> yep, love Wisconsin. No, actually, I do love Wisconsin, but I ain't gonna retire here. Yep. No. And uh, for those who maybe missed out earlier in the show, due to the probability of wet weather in Hampton, Georgia, uh, on Sunday, uh, the Atlanta Speedway, in collaboration with NASCAR, will proactively move the start of the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 to 1 p.m. This moves the green, drop of the green flag up one hour from the originally scheduled 2 p.m. That's Eastern start time. Driver's introductions will begin locally here at 11.20. Uh, Better to be proactive than reactive. Yeah, this is true. And uh, they're actually, they're having a pre-concert presented by iHeartRadio featuring Chris Jansen. Never heard of him. It will begin at 11 a.m. near the start-finish line. Chris Jansen, huh? I bet you uh, NASCAR girl I assume he's a, he's, he's a rising hip-hop artist. Yeah, yeah. Probably uh, not. I don't think so. <laughs> well, I tell you what, let's check in with Race Talk Radio and uh, maybe they bring up a couple of good questions here. The segment raising, did you notice Daytona 500 is broken into segments? And all the big, after, just before all the, the end of the big segments, there's a crash. And so they bring up the question, does segment racing bring up more wreckage? And then they also uh, talk about the the, uh, 
the pass on the last lap. So let's check in with Dennis Michelson and Lori Monroe from Race Talk Radio. Dennis Michelson and Lori Monroe from Racetalkradio.com. Lori Monroe, Speed Weeks is in the books. And what did you think about all the action last weekend at Daytona? It was what I had been waiting for since the glacier came upon me this winter. And to start off with such a great ARCA event and then the 24 hours of Xfinity, it was just absolutely incredible. But the Daytona 500, I thought, was it was a pretty interesting event. Having, having all the young guys out there, like guys who you haven't seen in certain cars and wondering how they're going to do and... I just thought it was fabulous. It was it was a great event. Perfect. We saw a lot of carnage all speed oh, yeah. weeks long. Um, now, I'm not so sure how much of this is just natural carnage that always occurs with restrictor plate racing. And how much of this is sort of the new gun carnage? Because these guys don't have to pay the bills. They're not used to coming up having to pay the bills like a lot of the old timers were back in the day. Are we seeing just a different kind of carnage? Is it still restrictor plate racing that's causing all of this? Is it segment racing that's causing more of this in NASCAR? I guess inquiring minds need to know. (laughs) Inquiring minds. I think segment racing has created a lot of the urgency that we see out there. Guys wanting to get these points. I don't think you can't compare how it was back in the day when 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 drivers were were more concerned perhaps about not wrecking their cars compared to the young guys not having the value of a dollar etc and all that mindset i i don't know you just can't you can't put your finger on that at all it's it's what we see as a product of what nascar has created with this with this segment deal where every single point counts and we saw how much it mattered to 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 Truex last year to just get every single point you could. How many stages did he win all season? And I think that was a great lesson to everybody to prove that if you keep running up front and, you know, it should be just common sense. It's logic. If you run up front and grab as many points as you possibly can, it's going to make a difference for you. So these guys see that. And I don't know if it's some of the the young gun bravado as well, wanting to get these stage wins. Like, wouldn't you want to win? You're a racer. Wouldn't you want to win everything that has a start and a finish? I know I would. Do you have your clerical robes on again this week? How did you know? I feel the need to go to confessional again. Oh, Lord. Okay, hang on. I got to change the collar no. Straighten. <clears throat> okay, go ahead. Yeah, we're here. Slide the window open. Okay, okay there, go I was ahead. Just go waiting ahead, for the window to slide. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I'm an old school NASCAR guy. Yes. I have never liked the chase. I know. I will, yeah. I will never like the chase. That's fine, son. Yes. I really hate this one race showdown thing. But I'm almost starting to have this segment thing grow on me. With one exception, Mm -hmm. I think there should be four races every year where we do not have segments. We still score the segments, but we don't physically stop the race. And I really think the Daytona 500 is one of those 
that we should not be messing with strategy. Why am I wrong? Or why am I right? You're not wrong at all. I want to know where you came up with the number four. Four races. There's always been like four classic races. Okay. In the schedule. All right. So you want those. You want those, the classic races, uh, not to stop. I think... I really think the stopping the segments is kind of a crazy thing anyway, but you know, you kind of see why they do because the whole segment starting and stopping to get a restart. And you know that that's what NASCAR wants as well. Restarts in every race are, you know, classically the most exciting part of the race because everybody's bunched up and you know how you get in some of these tracks where everybody gets strung out. They want these guys bunched up. They want, they want to drop the flag again and see everybody hustle around. And, you know, I understand that too. But, but on the other hand, yeah, having to stop the, stop the race, you know, throw a caution for it, I think is kind of crazy as well. But, you know, I, I, you're going to get a different result every single time you go out on the track, whether you do or you don't stop segments anyway. So it's just, I don't know, they got to do something. And I guess this is what they're doing. I have another confession. While you've got the robes on, I figure I'm going to have to pass out that tray, that bucket that you throw the money in, because, you know, I didn't count on two. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were getting the tray out with the snacks. I always bring. No, we don't do snacks. I always bring a little cheese whiz for the little communion wafers, but that's all. Yeah, those are delicious, aren't they? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They just stick to the roof of your mouth. They Um, do. I have a problem with this wreck my own mother to win philosophy first of all my dad would have never let me uh, hear the end of that one but, <laughs> but i have a problem with how austin dillon won the daytona 500 it wasn't just that it was a bump and run because it wasn't it was a hook and run and i have a real problem with that Is there going to ever be a time when NASCAR says a guy went too far again? It depends on who the drivers are. I I truly believe that. I truly believe that there's some sort of a hierarchy that you get punished based on who you are or what team you're on. Now, Austin Dillon, this whole thing about uh, what you saw and what I saw is obviously something different than a lot of the upper media saw because what I've heard all week on on the radio, on the big radio, is that Austin Dillon made an incredible pass on Eric Almirola for the win in the Daytona 500. Well, I'm sorry, that wasn't an incredible pass. That was the last thing on earth was an incredible pass. That was just absolute blatant wrecking the guy as far as I'm concerned, but I don't know what they saw, but it's sure not what we saw. That's not racing. No, like just about anybody. I mean, you don't have to be all that talented to pass a guy that way. No. Well, even Kenny Schrader has always said it takes no talent to go out and wreck a guy to win. So I don't know. Austin Dillon, congratulations. Yeah, he's (laughs) the he's the champion of the race. But there were some other guys (sighs) in their first ride with their new team. That made a bigger impression on me. And I got to tell you, I was grinning from ear to ear. I've watched this Bubba Wallace kid since he was racing at the summer shootout. And now to see him racing for the king and coming second at the biggest race of the year, 
I know it's a restrictor plate. I know I shouldn't get my hopes up for the whole rest of the year, but it's given me some hope because that team didn't even run good at the restrictor plates the last couple of seasons. Yeah, well, the affiliation this year with RCR, I think, is making a difference. I, I, I hope it is because I, I think the world of, uh, of Bubba Wallace as well. What a great run for him. But one of the guys that I keep thinking is so overlooked right now is the guy that really should have won the race, and that's Eric Almarola. Oh, he had such class, and he was just incredible after what had happened. And I think the fact that he's taken it so well is maybe why the fans aren't up in arms either. If, if Almarola had gotten out and he's can't believe it, cussing, cursing, or, or took to Twitter or some crazy thing, that probably would have got the fans riled up to the point where they'd be upset too. But we're not hearing anything. We're not hearing any any backlash over the fact that Eric Almarola basically had the Daytona 500 stolen from him, as far as I'm concerned. He wasn't happy. You could tell he wasn't happy. But he did handle it with a lot of class. Well, absolutely. And that's what makes you like him even more. And I have a feeling that that's what we're going to see each and every week from this team all season long. In fact, I think he might be one of the top two guys at Stewart House now. I really think he's going to have a heck of a season. And maybe starting this weekend at Atlanta, he's going to be up front with another chance to win. Yeah, and it's really incredible to see what this 10 car can do with another driver in it because you always wondered, you know, is it the equipment? Is it Danica? Is it just the relationship with the with the team and, and whatnot? But to see him get in and do well, you know, it's the first race of the season, sure. But still, what a great run for him. And one thing we really need to do, though, before it goes on any further. Now, thankfully, his talent has kept it from happening too often. But we need to have some kind of an intervention for Austin Dillon and now his crew, because this is the worst celebration of a victory that I've ever seen in any kind of sports. You don't like grass stains, huh? I would be okay with grass stains if there was really a purpose to it. (laughs) This is the most insanely stupid thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's really different. I'm surprised that... I'm surprised that it, you know, quote unquote, caught on. I don't even know if it really has caught on because I I have not heard one person say they think it's cool. Have you? Not at all, but maybe this is explaining Denny Hamlin's remarks from last week. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Not a big fan of the grass stains either. I just don't understand that. It seems a bit contrived. However, I love Dennis's point about the uh, the getting rid of the segments and maybe four races. I, I totally agree on the Daytona 500. Get rid of the segments. You can count the points, do everything else. But maybe uh, let's, let's get rid of them for uh, perhaps uh, maybe, yeah, the, the four restrictor plate races maybe at Daytona and Talladega. Sounds like an idea. We'll talk a little more NASCAR when we come back on the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Michael 
Wilson and Lori Monroe back to discuss some more NASCAR for you folks. And oh my goodness, it was kind of cool seeing some historic names on that scoreboard. Lori Monroe, the three and the 43 at the top. We saw the 21, we saw the 11. All these great historical names from Daytona 500 passed, and you can tell me I'm making too much out of it. They're not names, they're numbers. Numbers, that's right. Numbers yeah, attached to They're not to names. names, they're numbers. Yeah, numbers and attached to historic yeah, it, names. It's it's fun to see, but that has sort of wore old on me because I, you know, when when the 21 sort of came back and with uh, with Blaney in it and it was kind of fun and, or actually with Trevor Bain, I guess, was uh, prior to Blaney. That was cool to see that out there and I think it just sort of, you kind of get used to it. And and the three came back after a few years away. The 43 has virtually never left. But I don't know. It's, uh, I sort of have let that get buried, I think. You can't sort of relive the past. They are numbers, but that's all they are. A lot of different color schemes out there, though, this year. This was one of those years where you cannot tell the score or the, the players without a scorecard. There are so many new names and driver combinations with teams this year. I was even confused. Yeah, and one of them was the 88. I had big hopes for board of, this sort of blows my mind. You know how all the times you've been to a track and say Junior has fallen out and half of the grandstand evacuates? Oh, yeah. Guess who left the track when the 88 expired? Who? Dale, Dale Jr. himself left. Oh, my goodness. I'm serious. He, he said that when the 88 was done, which was like lap 205 or whatever, he was done. He left. So he didn't even stay right to the end, which, you know, wasn't much left. But still, you know, even he did it. Everyone complained that, you know, the sea of red would part when when Dale Jr. would follow. Heck, he's leaving himself. And by the way, are you following him on Instagram? Oh, he's everywhere. He he has turned this whole Dale Jr. pork chop deal with the Olympics <laughs> is actually working for me. I had no intention of watching the Olympics, but I've been watching his Instagram um, live feed. It is hysterical. Dale Jr. walking around Korea or wherever the heck they are. Unbelievable, the stuff that he's posting. It's fantastic. He was doing commentating this week at the short track speed skating, talking about how their handoff, where they just kind of push each other yeah. in the rump as they go, is yeah. similar to a NASCAR pit stop. He was going through <laughs> the whole thing. And he was also talking about how short track speed skating is so much like restrictor plate racing. It was fabulous. It's it's really quite something. He is having a ball. He's absolutely having a ball. And he had no clue of what they were going to have him do when he was over there. He left not even knowing what he was going to do. He didn't even know what to pack. It's hysterical. Whether it's been at the Super Bowl, whether it's been at the Olympics, whether it was at Daytona as the Grand Marshal, this guy's had just a big smile on his face. This is a guy that's enjoying retirement so far. 
He's having a good time. Wasn't he great doing the command to start the engines? Oh, everything was perfect. And yeah, just, it was great. It was not just the way he did the command, but this enthusiasm about the race that you never see from an actor or actress giving it. It's all about their performance. So, uh, but while one guy has been the master of social media from all over the world, one guy sort of stubbed his toe in the social media world last week, and he heard about it after the race, too. How about Denny Hamlin's Adderall comments on that Barstool <sighs> Sports podcast? I cannot believe that they didn't come down even a little bit harder and heavier on that guy. It really surprised me, too, because you know how NASCAR has been with the whole drug and the whole, uh, what is the that recovery thing that they have, the, the program. I forget what they call it, but, it, you know, they are so, so wary of any of this stuff. And nobody, they have, you know, these random drug tests and regular drug tests. They are very serious about all. So, so when Denny Hamlin spouts off like that, I was stunned. I was absolutely stunned. But kudos to Darrell Wallace Jr. for sort of getting giving it back to him after the race. And when we come back, we'll be hearing from Tony DeZeno, who will be joining us in studio. We'll talk about the world of racing outside of NASCAR. We'll take a quick break here, come back with Sports Flash and more on the Final Inspection Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 